Welcome in episode 34 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue. This is going to be a solo pod. I'm going to be breaking down my cash game lineups on DraftKings for week five. Um, you know, week five was, as Adam Levitan would say, a prove it week, right? We had Derrick Henry, we had Alexander Madison, we had Devontae Adams, just in total, total smash spots. There was no getting away from these guys. Um, you know, there was a decision between um, you know, paying down for Leonard Fournette and Damian Williams. Um, ultimately I didn't feel comfortable with, with rolling Fournette out there. I thought he was a good play. Um, I thought there was a little bit of fragility there with Giovanni Bernard being, uh, being in and not being inactive. Um, if Gio was out, I would have been all in on Fournette at 5,200 taking on Miami. Um, you know, but ultimately I, I didn't think that he was going to be a three down plus goal line back. And, um, I try to stay away from plays that are not, um, game flow independent. I thought that, you know, in the off chance that Tampa Bay goes down, they're just going to throw and throw and throw. And Lenny does, he is, he is somewhat involved um, in the passing. I believe he has about 11% target share, but, um, you know, Gio is always going to be in on the clear passing downs. I just didn't feel comfortable at 5,200. Damien, you know, I, we just weren't certain in what exactly his role would be. Cleo Herbert ended up working in for almost a 50-50 split. So, um, just something to be careful with is trying to project out roles where, you know, you're not exactly sure. It's not, it's not an exact science on if a guy is going to get the exact workload that we think he's going to get. And so in cash games, especially, I want to be on guys that are, um, you know, their roles are completely locked in. And so in cash this week, I ended up rolling out a 3v3 um, and kind of split my action 50-50. So um, I only play double ups. I don't play any GPPs or anything like that. I basically see, you know, DraftKings as a bet, right? And so I have a lineup. I put a hundred bucks on it. That, you know, if it, if it gets over the line of cash, I double my money. If it doesn't, I lose. That's kind of the way I see it. You know, if I win more times than I lose throughout the course of the year, I'll make money. Um, so this week, I really I went down to the wire trying to decide what what I wanted to do. Um, so originally I was on this lineup, right? I had Daniel Jones, Derrick Henry, Alexander Madison, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Curtis Samuel, Evan Ingram, CeeDee Lamb, and Washington defense. And, um, you know, I, I kept messing around. And I saw this lineup that had Trey Lance, Zeke, and Eagles defense instead of Daniel Jones. Keenan Allen and Washington. And I mean, I just love Zeke's role and, um, you know, on the Cowboys and it's just in that spot, I, I ended up, you know, splitting my action 50, 50 and the Lance Zeke and Eagle side ended up putting up 189.8 and the Daniel Jones side ended up putting uh, 157. So the line of cash was 170. Two, 175, right around that range. So, you know, one lineup got there, one lineup didn't, and I split even. So on the season, I'm three, one, and one uh, through five weeks. But kind of breaking down these lineups, uh, you know, so I went with Trey Lance, you know, take it on Arizona. We know what kind of rushing floor that he would have uh, just based off of, you know, what he did in college. Uh, the only reason that I kind of pivoted to um, Daniel Jones in the other lineup 
was just because, you know, I, I got, I got, I can't deny, I got a little bit scared uh, when George Kittle was ruled out that Trey Lance could just have a total implosion game and, you know, San Francisco just get whitewashed and just get blown off the board. So um, I thought that was definitely in the range of, op- of outcomes that, that Lance would just get smoked and the Niners wouldn't have a shot. Um, they end up holding and you know, only put up 10 points. But so the Trey Lance ended up putting 15.6 up on the board. Um, at 5,700, I thought he was, he was fine. And Daniel Jones, um, you know, in this fast-paced high total game against the Cowboys in the Dome at Jerry World at 6K, Daniel Jones had been crushing it, averaging like 24 drafting points per game heading into this game. Um, at 6K, just 300 more than Trey Lance. Uh, both these guys are the two highest-owned quarterbacks in double-ups. You know, and Daniel Jones got hurt. He had a concussion. Um, so, it is what it is. Moving over to running back, I thought that it was just a total prove-it week at running back, um, at least at the first two running back spots with Derrick Henry and Alexander Madison. Both these guys were upwards of 75% owned, um, you know, in, in all of the, the single-entry double-ups. Um, you know, Derrick Henry put up 34 points. Alexander Madison put up 30. Um, I was never going to fade either one of these guys. You know, once we got the news that Dalvin Cook was out, Alexander Madison was a total smash at 5,500. There's no getting away from that. Uh, three down plus goal line back, massive favorite taking on Detroit. This is the spots you want to be in. Um, Derrick Henry, you know, he has about a 10% target share, so he's involved enough in the passing game. He ended up not catching any balls in this game, but, you know, he smacked the hell out of Jacksonville on the ground. Put up 130 yards and three touchdowns. I think he ended up having about 29 carries. So, I mean, the guy is averaging like 30 touches a game. I mean, he is just on a torrid pace. I mean, he's he's on pace to break the, the touches record. Um, so, yeah, fading Derrick Henry was not something I was going to be doing. Um, moving over to wide receiver, uh, Dante Adams was another just total lock. Um, at 8,200, he's got about a 36% target share from Aaron Rodgers taking on you know, Cincinnati. I was never getting away from that one either. Um, you know, he ended up being 67% owned in these double ups and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he, he put up 40.6. He had 11 receptions, 206 yards and a touchdown. I mean, good God, the guy's an absolute animal. And I mean, for cash games, his target floor is just so high. Uh, it's so hard to get away from Devontae in any spot, um, you know, let alone an 8,200 taking on Cincinnati. So, yeah, I, I, I loved Adams in this spot and um, obviously feel good about the result. So, C.D. Lamb down at 6,200. Um, yeah, he ended up being 36% owned. Uh, he was probably the second or third highest owned Wide receiver on the slate next to obviously Devontae Adams and LaVisca Chenault and Jalen Waddell. Um, you know, Lamb is such a talented player at 6,200. It's just a little cheap, taking on a, a piss poor Giants defense in the dome, massive total. Um, and, you know, and he got there. The thing is, the Cowboys just, when they can run the ball, and I mean, with their offensive line just mowing people down, they just keep leaning on it with Zeke and Pollard, and it works. Um, they really need to be pressed on the scoreboard on the other side to really start to throw. I mean, like they did week one with Tampa Bay, where you just can't run the ball at all against Tampa Bay. And so, 
in spots where the Cowboys can run, they will run and they will just continue to just jam it down your throat with Zeke and Pollard. And so, you know, I thought they would throw enough here and Lamb was just cheap enough at 6,200. Um, and he ended up getting there, uh, you know, four for 84 and one, 18.8 points. It's about what you need at 6,200 uh, to get there. So there was a decision and the decision on this slate was Curtis Samuel. For me, it was Curtis Samuel and Zeke or um, Leonard Fournette and getting up to Jalen Waddle or LaVisca Chanel. Um, I saw a lot of sharp people do the, you know, LaVisca Chanel or Jalen Waddle and Fournette. And, you know, for me, I, I you know, Curtis Samuel was min price. Uh, he ended up getting hurt again in this game. He's got a busted groin. Uh, you know, I guess they rushed him back too fast. With his groin injury, but at 3K, I thought that, you know, what's a guy need at 3K? He's like, you know, four for 50. I thought that Curtis Samuel, he's such a talented player. Um, if he's fully healthy, he's in like the 48K or 4.8K range, right around the Jalen Waddle range. Um, so at 3K, I mean, I, if he was fully healthy, it's an awesome play. Obviously, he's not fully healthy. He re-injured his groin and, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh but I thought the combination of Curtis Samuel and the massive role that Zeke has was just so much better than, um, you know, Waddle or Chenault, who neither of these guys have proven anything in their careers yet. It's all – it's basically all hype with, the both, with both of these guys. Um, yeah, I know Chenault, you know, had, had a massive target share uh, in week four with DJ Chark out. But, I mean – this is Urban Meyer we're talking about. I mean, he's not going to go out there and be optimal. Obviously, we know Chenault's a good player, but, you know, he's running, you know, Jamal Agnew and Tavon Austin out there for running more routes than LaVisca Chenault. I mean, this guy's a total dolt. So I'm – I was fine rolling with Curtis Samuel and Zeke, and I talked about it at the top with, with the fragile um, projections that are on Fournette and Damian Williams where – you know, we're projecting what their role is going to be. It's not guaranteed. Zeke, we know that he's a blue chip player. We know that, you know, at home, massive favorite, big total. Uh, only 5.3% own is is nuts for Zeke at 7K. So many people just saw the projection on Fournette and Damian, you know, just jam him in. Um, when Zeke was projecting pretty similar point per dollar, uh, and you have a much more locked in role, so... I, I really did feel fine rolling with Zeke and Curtis Samuel instead of Lena Fournette and LaVisca slash Jalen Waddle. Tight end, I thought it was pretty straightforward. It was Ricky Seals-Jones or it was Evan Ingram in cash games. There's no kind of getting around either one of those guys. Um, I think they both end up putting about nine points up on the board. So um, yeah, they, they were both fine for their price. You know, Evan Ingram was 3.2K. Uh, gave me a little bit of correlation there with the game stack of CeeDee Lamb and Zeke. Uh, that game started to go back and forth. You know, and he went four for 55, so he's fine. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, I also considered him. But I was already playing Curtis Samuel, Samuel, and I did not feel comfortable going with two guys from this uh, Taylor Heineke-led Washington offense. So uh, I ended up rolling with Evan Ingram. And then at defense, you know, Eagles D. And uh, in the other lineup, I went with Washington defense. Yeah, we're always looking for the cheapest possible 
uh, defense you can get. You know, Sam Darnold, probably a fraud. Eagles defense is probably, probably a little better than they have been playing here the last couple of weeks against Kansas City and Dallas. So uh, I was fine with the Eagles at 2.2 and Washington at home taking on Jameis. I, you know, I thought that was just fine too. I'll, I'll always just punt off defense as much as I can. Um, and then the last guy that I had in the Daniel Jones lineup was Keenan Allen. So, um, you know, Keenan, he has this, you know, massive target, share, right? He's getting like 80, you know, or he's getting about 28% of the team's targets. He's averaging like 11 targets per game. Problem is, I mean, his ADOT is so low, which, you know, is, is good for cash game because, you know, he's got a massive floor. His ceiling is pretty limited at this point. He's getting a little bit older in his career. doesn't get much yards after the catch, and his ADOT's around eight yards. So, you know, for Keenan to really hit, he needs to be getting, you know, 10, 11 targets. And when he's not, and he's not scoring a touchdown, it's going to be weeks like this. So he kind of hits a floor week here. 13 and a half points, I mean, that's not going to kill you. He was 6.5K. It's not like, you know, it's like the worst possible outcome. Um so, I mean, he's had double-digit points in every game so far this year. If his price remains in this range of 6K to 6,500, I think he's a solid play just because he gets such a massive target share, um, even if they're not high, juicy targets, the kind of stuff that Mike Williams gets down the field. Keenan Allen is still a focal point of this juggernaut of a Chargers offense, and I'll definitely keep going back to Keenan Allen. So, I mean, overall, with this lineup that scored 157, um, obviously not enough to get there. Daniel Jones getting hurt. If Daniel Jones puts up, you know, 15 or 20 here, gets you a little closer. Um, but at the end of the day, this lineup just wasn't going to get there. But the other lineup with Trey Lance, Zeke, and Eagles um, easily got there, scoring 189. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I feel pretty solid about – I mean, obviously, I feel much better about this uh, Henry, Madison, and Zeke lineup. And, you know, I, I always feel more comfortable when I have three bell cow running backs. Um, kind of got back to my roots a little bit. You know, with this Daniel Jones lineup, I end up going four wide receivers. And, you know, four wide receiver lineups are just more fragile. Um, you know, we know the roles of these bell cow running backs. When, they're, when they play on all three downs, they're playing 75-plus percent of snaps. They're getting – Goal line work, it's just such an awesome role for fantasy. And, um, you know, we always want to be trying to jam in three uh, running backs with these roles uh, into our cash game lineups. So with that, that's going to do it for episode 34 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. We'll be back on Friday night breaking down the week six. Can't believe it's already week six. Breaking down week six um, on DraftKings. Until then. Good luck, everybody.